Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 163. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you <laughs> today's guest, Oliver Camacho. Oliver, are you feeling unstoppable today? I'm so unstoppable right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oliver, a formerly trained opera singer and informally trained podcast host, joined the Top of the Bompo team in 1999 as a server. In 2014, he took over Top of the Bompo's dining room as manager. During his time at Top of the Bompo, they've been nominated by the James Beard Foundation three times for outstanding service and once for outstanding restaurant. The Michelin Guide has given them one star three years consecutively, and Wine Spectator has given them the Award of Excellence 21 times. Did I get that right, 21 times? Uh, you know what? Probably. But that Michelin thing really gets my goat. Uh, <laughs> they, if you look at the Michelin Guide, they're looking at our lunch menu. How dare they? They don't mention a thing about what we're doing at dinner time. Oh, so. man. Well, but, you know, it's still, La France. It's you know? still a great accomplishment. And lastly, I need to congratulate you, Oliver, because you were just recently... Uh, you, or you just recently accepted a job offer to become the AGM and director of service for Armoire and Swift, uh, the much-talked-about upcoming project by the Boca Group and B Hospitality. And I've had Kevin Bam on the show. Uh, I love Boca Group. Uh, you're joining a great team, man, so congratulations. I can't wait to learn it's, more from you. It's very exciting slash scary. Yeah, you're going to crush it, dude. I can tell. You, I just have this – I have a sense about people when I'm looking into them, and I think, man, you just – Yeah, you think of me as a crusher? Okay. <laughs> I shall commence the crushing. All right. So um, this is just a real aerial view, Oliver, of who you are and what you're all about. Um, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? Well, you know, I was thinking about this one, and I have to say that um, I'm a really serious person, and so the last couple of months, I've just been trying to focus on keeping it light. And, like, you know, when I'm with my team and I'm trying to get them to do something or understand something, just keep it light. Like, have fun. Uh, you know, try to throw some jokes in there. Try to, you know, make it, you know, like we're all human beings. We're all just trying to get through the day and don't be such a jerk. <laughs> is that a I, mantra? It, of course it is. And I think it's a great mantra because I think so, you know, there's so much going on in the restaurant industry. Every day there's fires being put out. And sometimes you just got to, you know, take a step back. And like you say, just keep it light. Enjoy the moment and enjoy yeah. what you're doing. And uh, I think that's an amazing way to get this interview. We, we are under so much pressure. Like this past year, we had uh, the James Beard Foundation in Chicago doing holding the awards. And we had two separate events, you know, for James Beard. And we have National Restaurant Association in the same month. And uh, we also started this thing called Mod Mex. This is the third year of Mod Mex, which is an invitation to invite all the culinary big shots to chicago to experiment with mexican ingredients and mexican flavors and you know work with rick and work in our kitchen and blah mm. and uh so there's you know so many people have been in the restaurant who are looking at what we're doing and any one of them can be a james beard voter you know mm -hmm. 
And Absolutely. so, yeah, and Ina Garden was in recently, and I sort of geeked out on her. And then every now and then the president comes in, you know. And so, <laughs> um, you know, these people come into the restaurant, and you just, you really don't know how they're going to be and what type of service they need. And you just have to be able to just, you know, be as amazing as possible, just be as, like, laid back as possible, the whole spectrum. And I'm a very intense person. And like I said, I just have to remind myself and, and, you know, let my team see that I can just, you know, relax and have fun. And mm-hmm. that's not my personality to have fun. I'm not a fun person at all. I'm such, I'm so severe. And I don't know how I became this way, but I am. And maybe that's why Topla Bampo is successful uh, in its service is because they have this person like me who's like sees everything and will call you out on the smallest thing. And I don't want to be that person who people don't like because they feel like they're being watched by him. So I could just yeah. get a step back a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think yeah. we're going to dive into some of these characteristics that you have during the, talk, the time we talk about your it factors. But I want to find out more, Oliver, about how you got into the industry and when you knew that this industry was more than just a job, but it was going to be your career. And it's exciting because it sounds like this transitional point is kind of in the works within the past few years. So yeah, I would say yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So um, I guess first, I mean, Oh, I can. I, yeah, I understand. You got a lot going on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say that um, you know, my I grew up uh, as the son of two immigrant parents, and I always knew that if I wanted to go to school and these types of things, I was going to have to work. And so I, I started working when I was 15 years old, and uh, it was Burger King who got me uh, a work permit because they want you know teenagers, yeah. and um, not that that gave me a taste for restaurants, but it just. You know, customer service, hospitality. Uh, Systems, is like, processes, too. I mean, yep. chains are a great place to get started just for, to learn those simple things. Yep. And then uh, throughout high school, I worked the coffee house circuit. Uh, and uh, I just started to learn about tips. And mm-hmm. tips are amazing. <laughs> and then once I was in college, I actually, you know, was waiting tables and, um, you know, w- working restaurant jobs, you know, bef- after school and during the weekends and stuff. And I just always, it was just always part of my life and always a way to pay the bills and helping my mom and my dad, you know, cover the cost of tuition and, you know, my apartment and my books, you know, I just always wanted to have cash on hand. And, uh, yeah, you graduate from school and you're already making more money than people who are, you know, starting their careers, Mm -hmm. you know, entry level, whatever, uh, business job. And of course, now those people are doing so well. And like, you know, I envy that they, you know, took their lumps when they were 18. (laughs) But, you know, as somebody who was like, well, just out of school, I was doing pretty well. And uh, I had, uh, you know, a substantial cash flow. I don't want to say it's an income because when you're 22 years old and you have cash, uh, it usually just goes, you know, in one hand out the (laughs) other. So So I've got to ask Oliver, aside from the tips, aside from the cash you're making, what is your why? And this is a question I want to start working into the interviews. I mean, why do you love this industry? Like, what is it that, you know, made you take this job with Boca and be hospitality? Why do you love it so much? Well, um, we'll probably talk about it soon, but I'm a musician. And Mm -hmm. uh, there is something about uh, the rhythm of service and about uh, even the execution of one task that when it happens beautifully like you know i have this thing with like nonverbal communication and i want to be able to see one of my back waiters from across the room and make eye contact with him and walk at the exact same pace to a table in the middle of the dining room and reach that table and clear a plate at the exact same time that he clears a plate and it just feels like 
it was a da- it was a dance, you know, <laughs> and just those moments make me so happy. And they happen, you know, throughout service. And you're always trying to achieve that feeling in service. Like we are on today, and it feels like you're making music. And that is practice, you know. It, that, that it's absolutely an orchestra. And you are, as a manager, as that front of house manager, you're absolutely putting on. I mean, you are the conductor. And uh, you, I love that analogy that you're giving us with just having that, you know, that flow. And uh, there's just so much, and I never really thought of it that way. But it's a no, really it's, cool angle. It's super satisfying when it happens. And like, there are days where like the rhythm is so off, and you just have to like stay positive, and you have to not like like for me not be a jerk and not be angry about it, you know. But you just know that the, then you learn on that day, like, hey, today's a struggle. This person is not aware. Or these guests were particularly difficult and were preventing us from doing our best or whatever. You just have to take a look and say, why didn't it work and try to make it better the next day. Awesome. So we got your why. You just love to be a composer. You love orchestrating the dining room, the front of house. Now, what are your it factors, Oliver? What is it about you, your characteristics, your habits that most contribute to your success? Well, it probably has to do with being uh, hyper focused. Like I'm, I'm a little bit uh, like even when I'm driving my car, you know. Like I, you, I learned when I was 15 years old and taking driver's ed that you have to constantly be looking at your mirrors, you know, look at the rearview mirror, look at the side mirror, you know, look over your shoulder. Like I still drive like that. I'm no longer 15 years old, but I still have that like hyper awareness of my surroundings. And even if I've had a couple of drinks, I'm probably still a better driver than most people are, you know, defensive <laughs> driver. And I feel like I'm sort of a, a defensive, you know, I was a defensive server in the restaurant and now I'm a, the defensive manager. I'm always thinking, like, what could possibly happen here? How can I mitigate some mistake, you know? And I just see all these things. Like, I even see things in the kitchen. It's like, okay, that dish, you know, needs to be replated because mm-hmm. uh, if that goes to the table, the guest isn't going to either gonna take a picture of it, it's going to go online and somebody's going to, you know, put it on our whatever, on our on our Instagram feed or something like that. And that's not what I want to be mm. shown up on in the public, you know? And, like, we're very open about people taking pictures of our food and stuff like that, you know? Or this guest, you know, came in already grouchy. They're, we do this mood scale thing. They're like a two. We got to get them up to like a nine by the time that they leave. And just like looking out for all the potential, you know, errors that can happen and, uh, you know, fixing them before they become, you know, a problem, you know. And so that that's me. I'm hyper aware. And like I can't disconnect from that. And sometimes it's hard for me to like come home and not want to do like six things simultaneously. Like I need to I need to do meditation or something because I'm probably gonna have a heart attack doing this. You know? <laughs> but that is definitely my 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 main skill that I, I just see everything. I'm I'm very, very sensitive to the environment. And another thing I would say is that um, you know, I I'm not able to relax until the people around me are relaxed. I just had a dinner party yesterday and I wasn't able to enjoy the dinner party until probably, you know, we had already finished food and dessert was on the table. And like, it was very enjoyable, the process of putting it together, but not until everybody is served and everybody is content and everybody has what they need can I relax. And that can, you know, I can extrapolate that to a full dining room. And Topo Bampo, you know, seats 70 people at a time. And so I'm conscious of 70 people's state of content, you know, uh, at any given moment. And now I'm going to expand that to a restaurant that maybe has 400 guests at a time. And, yes, you'll see me in the hospital. Man, I'm, like, writing like crazy right now, trying to, like, pick out all these if factors. I mean, you you said it was just your your ability to focus, but... 
from all the the things you just spoke about, I also wrote down your high standards and um, with food, like not sending food off. You know that at the, it's not meeting your standard and just. So much, I mean, you're sensitive to the people around you, your social intelligence to pick up on people's emotions, where what's their skill, their mood scale, like all these things are so important. And lastly, I love how you said, um, you just, you can't get comfortable until everyone else around you is comfortable. And to me, that is just hospitality at its finest. I mean, others first mentality is just so cool. So, I mean, do you want to add anything to what I just said? Um, I probably could, but I think you, you summarized pretty well. So thank you. And one other thing uh, that I heard you say earlier, um, from your quote, just relax and have fun. Um, (laughs) I think that's such an incredible if factor too, because you know, it's when we're in the heat of a service that, you know, people start getting in the shit, you know, they're shit hit the fan and they're just going crazy. And when you get that, Oh shit attitude, (laughs) <laughs> like all right people... so we can swear you do the gloves are off we're gonna swear in this podcast. yes it, it's, okay. i see that you're explicit and this is I'm, <laughs> I'm very transparent about how we are in the show but you know uh when you're in that that mode uh when things are just crazy and people can read it on your face okay and you have to know that you know just relax and have fun because if i'm in the crap my guests are good. I'm going to bring that. I'm going to skunk the table. You know, yeah. let me, let me just to... say this, that that is my weakness. And that's why that's my mantra. It's actually not my skill. And people who have worked with me understand that I'm a good actor. And, uh, another thing I didn't mention, uh, is that I train my staff on their physical presentation. Yeah. Like we have these classes where I make them stand up in front of their team and give a two-minute presentation. I don't care what. Just talk for two minutes like you're talking about a dish or you're talking about the weather or talking about sports or something like that. Just get up and talk mm-hmm. and let us look at your body. Let's, let's look at what your, your, body, your body language is telling us. And if you're nervous, let's figure out a way to, you know, for you to at least demonstrate that you're not nervous. You can be nervous. Be fine. I mean, being nervous is no problem. I, don't, I accept that. But let's make your body read like you're not nervous. Like, mm-hmm. let's take out all the ticks. Don't scratch your elbow. You know, open your shoulders. You know, stand with your hips open. You know, don't, don't whatever, don't sway side to side. You know, let's figure out what you do. Uh, and so we can make it look beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. and elegant. Well, and for, so, for what it's worth, it's a strength that you can recognize your weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, like, my, my thing is that I know how to read as confident and how to read as sympathetic mm-hmm. physically. But I'm, I can, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm very severe. And I have to remind myself, you said, like, my mantra is having fun. I don't have fun. I honestly am not a fun person. And I, I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to be in the restaurant and actually live it, you know, because like, like I said, I, I'm not saying I could fake it. I'm not a faker, but I know how to give the impression of people that I'm enjoying myself. But I'm actually, you know, I'm at a table trying to do a table touch or trying to say hi to some regular guests. And in the back of my head are like 10 things I need to be doing <laughs> at that moment. I need to cut this conversation as short as possible, but still give the impression that I'm totally engaged. Well, and like definitely and, a strength. Yeah, yeah. And if I have, you know, regular customers listening to this, I love you. You know, I love you. <laughs> if I, if I see you outside of the restaurant, it means I truly love you. Good but, cover. <laughs> they, but they also know that when I'm at work, I have this look in my eyes like, okay, Go ahead, Oliver. You do what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. So I gotta ask you. Uh, you gotta, you know, share a story with us now, Oliver. Where one of these if factors really shone through. Like I, I want you to bring us to the moment, and you can choose the if factor and just give us a story where, like, it really just, you know, it was there and present. Huh. 
I know it's probably not a, a like a moment, but more like of a of a process. Um, I have a couple of uh, what we would call in our in our uh, structure sort of structure back waiters, who um, they're native uh, Spanish speakers, okay, and who um, you know are so so skilled. Like they just are amazing, and they probably should be the manager of the dining room because they're that good at their jobs, you know, mm-hmm. but they were, uh, held back in their own personal growth by not being given certain skills, um, to, to grow, you know, mm-hmm. like to advance themselves. And so I just decided, okay, this person needs, you know, body language training, or this person mm-hmm. each needs English, uh, pronunciation. Their English is okay, but they just need that thing. Like you need to say an American R mm-hmm. you need to, you know, pronounce the final consonant. You need to make sure that you don't put the stress on the wrong syllable, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just spend time with them as a group or even individually working on those things and seeing them just take it and run and be so grateful that they, um, that they got that skill, that somebody took the time to teach them that thing. And now they're waiting tables. And now, you know, I have this one guy, he's so amazing. You know, he started as a lunch server and that's kind of where we put our new, you know, our new staff, you work lunch, you know, and now he's already working in our sister restaurant, Frontera Grill as a dinnertime server. And he's doing so well. And I could just see that all of the skill that he had already had is able to shine now and he's just running with it you know and that gives me immense pride and it also i hate the word pride by the way but i feel (laughs) i'm very proud of him and i also feel that like the restaurant realizes what my ability is like if you just give me somebody i'll work with them and they may hate me at the start you know but they will be so grateful and they you know they become almost tender towards me and and like you know like i said i'm this severe kind of asshole that's in the dining room like you know you know, cracking the whip. And now I have these people who would do anything for me because they know that I see what, what their value is. So, wow. I mean, I think we need to add a new if factor on just, is just being a teacher because we didn't mention that during the time to talk about your if factors, but I mean, having those high standards, making sure people are doing things right, saying things right, but then taking it a step further to, 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 you know, it's kind of like the servant leadership. Like you're not just leading them, but you're serving them and helping them. Oh, get to there's them. that word. Oh. What servant? Servant leadership. Yeah. You're not. A, you're not a fan. <laughs> no, I am. I am a fan. It's clearly our strategy. Yeah. And um, it is such. It's for me. It's such a hard thing. I mean, I feel. <laughs> I understand servant leadership, and yeah. maybe that's what makes me actually a natural servant leader. Is that I did their job. I know exactly what they're going through, <laughs> and I know. And I know what they need. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, it's very, very hard, and um, I need to read, like, that Danny Meyer book that you're always talking about, like, to see if I can get inspired again, because I do feel like there is a there is certain thing to be said about the top-down, you know, uh, strategy that I learned when I was coming up, you know, yeah. uh, that, that you kind of teach by intimidation, you teach by, you know, Man, I'm laying control. down the law. Yeah. <laughs> And there's, you can get so much done that way. You may not have people like you, you know, but you get so much done that way. And um, I understand the whole servant leader mentality. And I feel like it's sort of like a, this millennial thing where everybody, you know, gets surprised and, you know, nobody is wrong and stuff like that. And you ask the group what they think before you make a decision. And I get it. And like, that's what Rick and Dan are all about. They love it. Mm-hmm. And they, tr- they, they try to instill that value in us. And I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't get my skill uh that way i got my skill the really hard way so <laughs> well we gotta talk now about a time oliver when you just fell on your ass 
hard with a failure. Can you think of a story where maybe it was one of your weaknesses that got you into trouble or where you made a mistake? And just take us through the moment and what it was like. Oh, I can think of two right now. Um, one is probably related to what we were just talking about, uh, trying to be a top-down uh, you know, leader and uh, management style. Um, it was like my first couple of months uh, on the floor as the manager of this dining room, of, of which I had already been a part of as a server for like 13 years. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly, like I'm giving the orders. And uh, we had one staffing issue where we were down one person and I was trying to reorganize the team so that we could have the extra person that didn't have a waiter be like this floater uh, and be like support staff for everybody. And I just decided that's, that's what we're going to do. I didn't ask them if we were going to do it. I didn't ask them, you know, what they thought about it. I said, this is what we're going to do today, you know? And, uh, they didn't like it. Uh, they were complaining about having to split the tips and all this nonsense. And, uh, it was a terrible night. Like the energy, and the room was terrible. Uh, as far as like technique and, um, you know, what service came out to be, it was beautiful. It was ideal actually, but just the energy of, uh, the staff and how they felt about me uh, on that day because I like gave a command, you know, um, it was bad. And like I learned my lesson. It's like I, you know, you have to, you know, make now, sure people are on board, you know. Oliver, what were the like repercussions? Like what happened? Like you said it was bad. I mean, was it just a bad energy? Did, did like this, stretch out into the future like how did you recover well just they were i just heard them talking about me i heard them you know making fun of what this person had to do and you know i i heard just some complaints about you know how the tipping was going to be and like they all ended up making the same money they normally would make but Mm -hmm. they just had to divide it and you know people become very get icky when you go into their walls you know and so i just it just for a couple of days after that i just they didn't trust me and like it was like and it took me a while to like gain their trust in general but you know, I was just new as a manager at this point, and I was already taking a couple steps backward from from gaining their trust. You know, because like you know the servant leadership thing, like you know that's that's what's what people expect these yeah, days. Yeah, but like, it's, you know? it's also so hard to keep everybody happy. I know what it's like. I'm front of house too, major D man. It, it, you can't keep. I mean, if you make one server happy, sometimes you make another one unhappy. Like, how do yeah. you balance it all? Yeah. How do I balance it all? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so I'm balding. <laughs> I hear you there, man. All right. No, well, <laughs> these, these days, how I balance it all is uh, by having people's backs mm-hmm. and by always understanding what they, what they as individuals need mm-hmm. and trying to give them that and, um, you know, making sure that they have, I have their faith, you know? Awesome. Uh, their trust, and that's that's a very, that's the the hardest thing to do is because they're all individuals. Everybody has their own whatever. Everybody has their own skills, and sometimes you cannot uh, accomplish things because you are too busy coddling somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's really the hard part of this job. One of the hard parts of this job is that you know you know what somebody needs. You know exactly what skill they need to add to their you know to their to their skill book to their wallet whatever to their tool belt that's what i mean to say and they are not ready to accept it yet because mm-hmm. they still have this one thing like we have a lot of young people in the yeah. hospitality industry and you know their their vanity is at stake or you know whatever and they don't want to be told anything and you just have to wait for the right opportunity to tell somebody that they need that they need to do this instead and 
sometimes those things happen when they make a mistake, when they fall down in something and you can finally say, well, maybe next time do it this way. Mm-hmm. And then you can, in that way, give them that advice, but they were not ready to hear it until there are repercussions, you know? Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's the shittiest part of it. It's like, cause you know, they're going to make a mistake. And my goal is to, like I said, mitigate those mistakes, mm-hmm. but they don't believe you until it happens, you know? Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, what would you say the biggest lesson from uh, being a top down, from having that mistake of being a top down manager, uh, I mean, how have you changed because of it? Um, I think, God, this is like a common theme in my life. Uh, just being more kind, I've yeah. learned. Like, just being more sympathetic to... I mean, here's the thing. I'm so guest-centric. I'm so guest-focused that I forget that I have to take care of the staff. Mm-hmm. I, of course, I take care of the staff. I'm in it with them. I, you know, I... I'm always doing whatever they need me to do without them even having to ask me, you know? Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I think that the guests or your inner guests, your staff, don't realize that you are taking care of them by taking care of the guests because those guests, I mean, they're their paycheck. You know, if yeah. they keep on coming in, if you're taking care of their needs, you are in return taking care of your your staff because you're going to have butts and seats every night. Um, I think if you communicate that to them, it really does help. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I mean, I think that you've talked a lot about this already on this podcast, and it is, it is, there is truth to that. And yeah. there's also, there's also truth to taking care of your, like, making it like a trifecta, you know, like you take care of your, um, guests, you take care of your staff, and you take care of the house. Yeah. And they should all kind of be on equal footing, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to take care of the house and it means that you have to do something unsavory to your staff or vice versa, you know, and that, that that is a, that's the tricky, one of the tricky things about this job is like figuring out what in that moment takes priority, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool, man. We have crushed the first half of this interview and we're going to dive into the second half. Uh, Knowledge bombs, man. You're just going to blow us away with restaurant industry knowledge oh, Ready for i don't know how many bo- i'm like such a peaceful person <laughs> i don't know about bombs all right know? well uh you, you're gonna kill it i know you are so the first question i have for you i think it's killing and bombing and crushing <laughs> with you man haven't you had any gay guys on your show before that just uh, want to make things lovely you I've, know? I've made some assumptions but i'm not sure okay <laughs> um all right you ready for this yeah all right by the way right. um don't call a gay guy dude just so you know, okay. in, in, in general, I mean, you can do whatever you want. It's your show, you know. <laughs> You're a great you guy. I call you Oliver. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine, but like sometimes, dude can sound so condescending to a gay guy. It's like, hey, come on, dude, like stop touching me, you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this is turning out to be a lot of fun. All right, the first question I have for you, Oliver, is getting the initial capital to get started in a restaurant. Okay, so these are the questions that I cannot answer because uh, I have always been somebody hired and put into a position, and I have not started a restaurant. We are actually in the process of, uh, I haven't even been to the first group yet, but of, of interviewing staff for um, for Armour and Swift. So that'll be happening in my life very soon. If you ask me this question, maybe in two or three months I could answer it, but uh, I've never been on that part of the opening team. I've opened a restaurant as a server, but never mm-hmm. as a manager. Ah, I appreciate your uh, transparency and honesty yeah. there. Yeah, for so sure. Clear. All right, what's your advice for hiring good people? Huh. Um, I have never, I mean, I've, I've interviewed people. Okay, okay, I can say that. I can answer this question because when I worked at the Cheesecake Factory, I was a corporate trainer. And I got to do uh, these personality tests. I got to, like, administer these personality tests and do the initial interview uh, with 
uh, with the, who, the applicant before I put them on or I pass them through to like the manager. So I do have some experience with this. Uh, hiring good people, um, I just want them to uh, have some passion. I want mm-hmm. them to have some energy that I can see. And I know that at least with Topolobampo, um, it is very, uh, what we do is very complicated. Um, of the type of food we do is, you know, we almost have to educate our guests. You know, we definitely educate our staff on how to talk about it. And, um, I just want to hear that they can speak eloquently about something. Mm-hmm. So I asked them, you know, tell me about something in your life that you're really passionate about. Talk to me about a movie that you love or talk to me about, uh, whatever, your favorite song or a book that you just read or a meal you just had. I just want to hear what it sounds like when you love something, you know. And, uh, you know, the interview process can be very icky for people and they're nervous and you have to factor that into it. But if they can tap into that feeling that we all have about something and suddenly the words just flow and there is, you know, um, what do you call this in the voice? Uh, highs and lows. Because sometimes when people are nervous, they just, or, yeah, inflection, yeah, yes. they, just, they just kind of talk in a monotone and mm-hmm. they're, you know, but if you can get somebody who, you know, all of a sudden the speed comes in and out, you know, or the, the pitch of the voice changes, you know, that's how we know, like, even if you don't understand their language, if you're hearing a foreign language, you understand the inflection, you know, and oh, yeah. I'm, look, I'm looking for that, that sort of able ability to inflect and to give uh, whatever, to, to have passion come through, even when I could care less about what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think at the end of the day, really, people forget this is about, you know, you're, you're, you're selling at that table. And you if you can't get excited about, like, a movie or something, you're, you're, whatever your passion is, like you, the questions you ask, like, tell me about a movie you love or something you love. If they can't get excited about something they love, then how are they going to get excited when they're trying to sell the food at the restaurant? So I totally exactly. love that approach. That's great. First yeah. time I think I've heard I, that on the show. Well, I, was, I listened to your Talking Tuesdays or whatever uh, about, like, drawing an R on your head oh, or, yeah. like, like, put a fork. <laughs> out of place and see if they like fix the fork like i don't know if i'm gonna try that like uh, that's interesting i wonder if people will feel set up but it it sort of sounds like an audition you know uh, like you know, they walk into the room and what do they notice and like whatever like is, the, is there a napkin on the floor do they pick it up like that type of stuff like that's that's interesting yeah. i don't know I, I feel like that's a little bit uh contrived but that's it's interesting so awesome well let me know <laughs> if it works out <laughs> so when you... i'm gonna start putting roll i'm gonna like spill a can of oil and the floor, <laughs> see if they step in it <laughs> oh man <laughs> all right so when you find these great people who are able to just talk with passion, uh, how do you keep them on your team? Well, um, we are lucky at Topolobampo that um, nobody wants to leave. It's actually really hard that <laughs> we have people there that have been working there for 20-plus years. Uh, so there's very little movement in my staff. Uh, people come on, and they get to work lunches, and then they may get one dinner. You know, And you have to... Um, you know, it's really hard because there's people are trying to make a living too, and you want you want to keep those good people, and you have to figure out a way to make them to st- to stay in love with this job, even though they're only working two nights a week or something like that. So, um, those are the people that I'm the most I I really really like, especially because they're new and they don't know me as a server. They know me as a as a manager because they didn't see me do the, go through that transition. I give them so much of myself, and I make sure that they feel so so supported and that they know as soon as something opens up, you know they're gonna get that shift. They're gonna get that third night a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and then when they are on the floor, 
I have this great server. I have to tell you about her. Um, her initials are JW, and I doubt she'll ever listen to this, but uh, she is amazing, and she is killing it. She's crushing it. She's bombing it. <laughs> She's terrorizing it. Um, she comes in and does her two shifts a week, and you know I have these pre-shifts every day, and we go through the menu, we go through the newest dish, and we talk about it, we deconstruct it, we look at the mise en place, we pronounce it, we talk about the wine pairing. And uh, it's so much work for everybody to uh, to absorb this information. She comes in on her Friday shift. She hasn't been there all week. And she has all her little note cards that she made herself of stuff that I probably talked about, but she wasn't there to hear it, you know. And we're at the point of the week where we're reviewing and where I'm, like, quizzing them. And she nails it. And she blows people out of the water. People who have been there all week, all year, all, for years and years, who should know this already, she is so prepared. And she almost is mechanical in how prepared she is. And she already has, like, her spiel down, even though she hasn't even served that dish once. She has her spiel down. And it's amazing. And so she's a great example of somebody who's hungry and who I want to like give them opportunity. And like she kills it. Like, you know, there's we have this check average thing. And like there's always like we're let's just say I'm going to say some random number. It's not our number. Let's say we want to be at 100 every night. She's always like at 130, you know. Mm Um, and it's just because she's trying so hard and she's hungry, you know, mm-hmm. and I just love her preparation and I love her energy. And when she comes in, uh, into the restaurant, uh, for her two shifts, I just want to make sure that she knows that I'm behind her and that I want things to go well for her. And I will like go and take menus out of her hand and I'll like, you know, clear glasses off of her table so she could spend more time with the guests because she could sell anything to anybody. So I don't know if I did answer your question. I'm not even no, sure. No, I'm going to – I think you did and just, you know, it was one line out of that whole thing that answered it is – Just said, one line? She knows that you're behind her, you know, and I think that's when people know that you, the people that you're working for are working for you and really care about you and your success, they're going to stick around. And I think that's one of the reasons – I'm sure that's one of the reasons why that's – people are don't leave because <laughs> they know that you're oh, behind them. I think – blew my mind because now I'm starting to think – I'm not behind certain people. Like I am behind everybody, but yeah. what if I am showing favoritism and what if I am, I can be supporting every single person mm-hmm. the team in that way? There's not enough time to do it, but what if I did do that? Would they all be as successful? I don't think they would be. I, I think that there are, I have people as much as I love them and who are so amazing that have been there for so long that they don't see the value of putting that much energy into mm. So. I hear you, man. It's tough, for sure. Uh, I could beat this to death, and you make me want to have you come back on the show to talk again. Uh, but we got to move on to the next question, right. uh, which is about resources. I mean, is there a resource you use, a book you've read, uh, and like, you know, an industry book or a non-industry book that you think is great for somebody in this industry that you can share with us? Um, good. That's a good question. Um, I'm probably going to read that Danny Myers book. I actually was at my local bookstore asking about it and they said they could order for me. I know I could order on Amazon, but I like to, I like to pay for books at bookstores so that they still exist. So anyway, the, the thing that, uh, I probably am referring to a lot when I'm working with my staff is something called viewpoints, Okay. uh, which is, uh, sort of like acting technique, um, it's a uh, it's something that you know you do when you're in conservatory for opera or for theater. Um, I have a mentor who uses viewpoints, and I've been to many of his 
classes uh, as an observer or as an assistant. And I've actually never read this thing uh, or participated in a, an official Viewpoints workshop, but I have enough exposure to Viewpoints that I understand uh, its concept. Uh, let's just say, for example, we have in Topolobampo a very uh, difficult path to the bathroom. And it's one of the big quirks about Frontera Girl and Topolobampo is that the building is very old. And the building, the, the restaurant kind of grew over many years. And the bathrooms at one point were located in a very convenient place. But by this point, you know, many remodels later, uh, you have to, like, walk through the dining room, uh, up to the expo line, uh, down the expo line, which it, there's tons of people trying oh, to yeah. run through. You know. It's like a gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. And then you have to go down the staircase. And once you're at the bottom of the staircase, you have to figure out if you're going to turn left or right. And then once you turn, make the right turn, you have to go down the hallway. So for some people, it's impossible to find the bathroom. And if you look at our you know, Yelp reviews, our open table reviews, whatever, it's often mentioned. It's like, where the hell is the bathroom? You know. <laughs> So um, I, when I came on as manager, I, I realized that that's one of the things that we had to just solve it. We just had to make it something that was fun or make it something that was seamless for the guests. And so the viewpoints-ish exercise that we did uh, is to – I cleared all the furniture out of the dining room. And I had my team just kind of walking in the dining room at their own various paces as if they were, like, walking in uh, in a plaza, you know, in downtown Chicago. And just, like, kind of whatever, just, like, feeling the space. And then you clap, and then they have to form a shape. And they have the choice of three shapes. And it can be a straight line, it could be a cluster, or it could be a circle. They have to form it. They cannot talk to each other. They just have to begin to understand each other and how they move and form the shape. And they have to make eye contact with each other and they have to, like, you know, watch. And that is so critical about watching each other and to sensing each other because we do this every day. We have to just sense what is going to happen so that um, they get good, better at it and then you clap and they make the shape immediately. Mm-hmm. And some certain people emerge as leaders and certain people uh, emerge as followers, and you have to understand that about your team. Who are the people that need to follow and who are the people that will naturally lead? Mm-hmm. And they begin to understand that about themselves, you know? And uh, so we now have this thing where people get up to go to the bathroom and, like, there's, like, this silent clap that happens there. I won't clap, but, you know, we all know that somebody's getting up from the table. We can all see that. And be aware. Look look around you. Where is that guest going? Step out of the way and make it so that the guest knows exactly where they're going because you have moved your body and just ever so, you know, suggestively, you know, gesture towards where they need to go. And suddenly the guest just is like walking down like a chorus. It looks like a chorus line sometimes and people laugh at it because like everybody suddenly stops and like it's like we're all standing there with our hand like this way, please, you know. And <laughs> it's, it's, awesome. now, it's now a very beautiful thing that we do when the guest wants to go to the restroom, you know. That's cool. Uh, yeah. This is called v- Viewpoints? Where did you, Viewpoints. Is this a, a book we can learn um, about? How to- it, it, I, it probably is a book somewhere. I'm, I'm, make, I'm embarrassing myself by not knowing the author, but, you know, just – Go to a Google search and type in viewpoints and, uh, you know, acting. And it's more of a, it's a workshop uh, than it is a, than a, something you read, but I'm sure there's something you can read about it. Awesome. I'll try to get something to throw in the show notes. Thank you for sharing that with us. That was uh, the first time, I think, that whole uh, situation, being able just to communicate with body language and how important that can be. It's really yes. neat. Awesome. It's, it's so beautiful. We're like, we're like, uh, you ever watched? Uh, a f- the flock of birds, they're kind of just like all flying in the air. Yeah. And then one of them changes directions. And, change. yeah. yeah. And how do they do that? What, what is that? Are they talking to each other? You know? 
Um, no, it's just some sense that they've developed, you know, as a flock. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Awesome. So as a manager, I mean, how involved are you with the marketing? What advice do you have for marketing? If you could just drop one bomb, I know you hate the the aggressive words. <laughs> if you could drop one bomb on us with marketing, what would it be? Well, we have always been a word of mouth. Topola Bamba has always been a word of mouth mm-hmm. restaurant. They have not spent a lot of money on actual advertising. Uh, what we do have uh, is uh, social media handles uh, like Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram handles. And so um, people take pictures of our food, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, they just do. You know they're going to. Uh, don't make them feel bad about it. Uh, you know, uh, invite them to share mm-hmm. their pictures. So we have this like little social media card that we pass out. Say, hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna share your pictures, make sure you put the right handle on it at Topolo Chicago. You know, and uh, it's nice, and then it makes people feel comfortable, and they're not so like, oh, I'm taking pictures. I'm sorry. You know that they 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 relax about it a little bit, and then they shoot up some really nice pictures. And sometimes you get tweets that say, you know, awesome manager or whatever. This guy came up to me. This weirdo, intense guy came up to me and said, I can post my picture. You know. Having a great time. I actually feel that like social media is the place to focus. Uh, in when you're in the dining room, focus on marketing, and you know people are taking selfies of themselves. Like you know, say no, let me take a picture of you, and like you know, so that they feel whatever, just more comfortable, and then they will share their picture and hopefully label it correctly. Yeah, and then, you know, well, I think that's a huge point you just made out, and I, I have to realize that, or admit that I've never even thought about this. I mean, yeah, people are going to take pictures; it's something they do. But make it as easy as possible for them to do the marketing for you. How many people take pictures and don't know what tag to put on it or how to you know, hashtag it or what, like you said, just like how to really get the most out of those pictures? I'm so, one of those people that like I go out to eat so infrequently because I'm at work all the time. But I have a favorite restaurant or when I'm out of town, you know, I, I somebody takes me someplace and I really love it and I want it take pictures of my food and i want to label it correctly if i'm having a good time yeah. i won't if i'm having a shitty time i won't you know but yeah. if I'm having a good time, i will so that's great advice can you do me a favor and take a picture of one of those cards so i can put it in the show notes sure i won't be able to do it today but i can do it when i'm at work tomorrow so i'll remind you all right <laughs> all right thanks a lot oliver all right the no next problem. question i have for you is on the topic of technology i mean you've been uh... in the industry for <laughs> you said almost you know, we've been working with this current restaurant for 15 years now. Yeah, I've been in the business since I was 15 years old, and I won't say how old I am now, but it's <laughs> it's a couple of decades now. So there's been so much changes, Oliver. I mean, what are some of the changes you've seen, or more importantly, what are some of the new technologies you're leveraging to be more efficient, to be more effective, to be more profitable in, in just okay. all those let me, things? Let me just put it out there that I am a renaissance man, and <laughs> I could barely send an email. Like, I'm surprised that we have this Skype connection right now because... You know, I don't know like how you are talking to me, and I'm looking at a computer screen. Like, I'm so bad at technology. Um, my training is in music, and like, you know, I I can play a piano, but I can't I can't work an iPhone. You know, mm-hmm. so this is not my skill. But uh, I understand that weakness in myself, and I uh, I'm looking to train on all the various systems that are available to me. And Frontier Grill and Topol Bamba, we don't use that much technology in our everyday today. But uh, we do have Open Table, mm-hmm. and I recently invited our Open Table, uh, you know, representative, a uh, really nice guy named Steve Stern, uh, to come and just show me a little bit more about what Open Table's functionality is. Mm. He showed me how to. This is going to sound like I'm the stupidest dining manager that exists, but there's this thing you can do up when you print your daily report about who's mm-hmm. coming in. You can ask Open Table 
uh, dear Open Table, uh, you can ask them if you uh, to print out the number of visits of that pre- previous visits that guest has had. And it's the simplest thing, but you go to the outputs uh, of the report and you click on number of visits. And it's you know I've been printing that report every day for the past two years, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I finally started finding out that that report can give me more information such as number of visits. And so then you can see in your, you know, your, your, your book for the day, wow, this person has been here 43 times. Duh. I know that guest very well. Of course I've been here 43 times, but then you find those people that have been there like nine times mm. and you should be start to rec. If somebody's been to your restaurant nine times, you should recognize them. I don't recognize them. I saw their name. I couldn't put a face to it, but from now on, Anybody who's been to this restaurant more than whatever, five times, I'm going to make it a point to introduce myself, to thank them for their repeat business or something like that, just so they know who I am and uh, I can begin to build more relationship with those people. People who have been there first times, it's very easy to see. It says zero. This is their first visit. And duh, you have to make a good impression. You have to you know, give them your best. So that's what we do every day. Nice. But I feel like yeah, people who've been there, uh, that kind of in-between regular those are the people that need to be curated to develop into really regular, you know? I love that you took the time, Oliver, to approach Steve Stern and to, you know, ask him, hey, like, what are the things, like, what can I be doing to really leverage this tool? Because we have these incredible tools today in our restaurants, but I don't think people leverage them nearly enough. I think yeah. that's a great example of how one thing we can do with Open Table that, I mean, I mean, what, what's the point of having all this data analytics if you don't leverage it to use it to better serve your guests? I love data, and I am so into recording everything we possibly can record about our guests. And like, mm-hmm. I people think I'm a freak sometimes because I'll walk up to a table and say, "Oh, your son started school at whatever University of Wisconsin. How's oh, he liking yeah. Madison?" Or something like feel that. So special. And, when you do yeah, that. and they're weirded out. They're like, "Oh my god, this guy. <laughs> how does this guy remember me?" You know. So. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Well, I mean, are there any, are, are there any other tools you're using to leverage data analytics, or is it just Open Table? I am no. I don't have tools. I have paper. You look at you look at my office, and there's so many pieces of paper. I need to figure out how to like create some kind. Maybe you have your listeners send me something because I am. I just write everything down. I'm going to send you something right now. Okay, the, please do. Airwaves. It's called Evernote. If you haven't used Evernote, yeah. Somebody told me about Evernote. I'm, I guess I should really look into it. I also got. Um, uh, Wonderlist or Wonderlist? Oh yeah, that's yeah. another one. Wonder, I'm, I'm Wonderlist. My Wonderlist. I'm German. Wonderlist. You know. um, that's another thing we didn't talk about. My language skills. Hey, I speak five languages, and it really, it really helps when you study opera to pronounce, you know, the names of a crew in, in Beaujolais or oh, those yeah, crazy right. German, you know, Rieslings with those super long names. Like I'm great at that, and I'm good at teaching people. And just, and I know we're not on that topic anymore, but <laughs> okay, I'm a great teacher especially with these things and you have to exaggerate you have to put on the heaviest german accent you could think of or an italian accent like when you're pronouncing these wines just so people hear what it sounds oh, like yeah. when it's exaggerated because nobody will exaggerate as much it's as you all part of that experience man yeah yeah but i'm it. talking about when i'm training my staff and so when they try to repeat me they will get some of the exaggeration they'll get they'll pick up some of it just so they put the right stress on the right word and the right syllable you know that's great but People laugh at me all the time when I'm like overpronouncing the name of a wine, and uh, but then I hear my staff say it correctly, and it makes me so happy. So. <laughs> That's awesome, Oliver. If you could just drop one piece of business advice on us before we let you go, what would it be? Drop a, drop a bomb of advice. Uh, <laughs> if you could hug us, one piece of advice, Oliver. <laughs> if I could blow a kiss of yes, advice to please. you. <laughs> 
never ask your staff to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. Mm. Awesome. What's the power in that? What's the power in that? Well, um, I think you, you have to know your own limits and you have to know what's capable, what, what we are capable of as a restaurant. Like what can we actually offer? You know, what is the extreme what we can offer? People ask us for ridiculous things sometimes and we just can't do that, you know. But if, if I'm able to do something, if I could figure out a way to make a guest happy uh, doing this certain thing, I would expect uh, one of my, my servers to be able to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. If <laughs> This is a really terrible, terrible thing that just happened to us recently. And this is, you might want to even edit this out, but I had this woman become violently ill in the restaurant. Uh, she became ill twice. You would think that she would leave after the first time out of embarrassment, but no, she stayed and then she became ill again. And she came, she came to the restaurant sick, right? We had nothing to do with what she ate, you know? And I would not ask any of my team members to clean up her mess. And so I did it, I did it myself. And I just felt like this is something I would not ask them to do. So I'm just going to do it because I care about these people too much to make them stop what they're doing, first of all, and to take time to do this. And I don't even want to ask a dishwasher to come out here and do this because it's not part of their job, you know? But then when something, but when there is something that is, you know, a sticky situation that I'm asking somebody to do and they know that I would go as far as like clean up some woman's projectile vomit, you know, (laughs) they will, you know, they have my back. They will say, okay, well, you know, he did this, so I, I can... I can do that, you know. I, there's some quote I can't remember. It's from some like American, uh, like I don't know if he was like, a president or I can't remember the quote exactly or who it was from. But it's like I can't hear you because your actions are speaking so loudly. I can't hear what you're saying because your actions are speaking or so loud or something like along those lines. Yeah. But when you do things that are just to those extremes, like people, like that's all they're hearing. Is they're seeing what you're doing. I'm like, you might be saying one thing, but when you're doing something that's something like like what you did, like people just you just develop so much rapport like that. And I did a horrible job explaining that, but you get what I'm saying. No, you know, I'm terrible at quotes, and like uh, that's one of the reasons why I was kind of nervous to talk to you about this because I will always mess up those quotes so badly, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I hear you, you know. All right, man. Awesome. Yeah, the truth the truth of the quote came through. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. Um, what is one question, Oliver, I could have asked you that you think would have added more value to this interview? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's always, once you get me going, there's, there's so much we could talk about. Like, I did manage to sneak in my uh, affinity for languages there. <laughs> and I snuck in my uh, body work. I do do really believe in body work mm-hmm. with uh, with my team. And I guess I also, along those lines, I, I we talked about how, when I interview people or when I what I'm looking for passionate. Uh, there is something to be said about language skills in general and uh how one speaks uh and how you know one uh summarizes things and how one gets rid of redundancies in their language and Mm -hmm. taking out filler words i hate bullshit like when somebody clearly does not know what they're talking about and they just add in like oh the wine is medium bodied with a long finish and grapefruit like but that doesn't mean anything you know like you just said the most generic description of a wine so i'm really into specific you know and if you don't know then don't fake it you know uh get somebody who does know and you should learn it i'm not gonna let you go on that one but don't fake it Mm -hmm. because it'll i mean like i actually this happened to me recently i had this one guest 
very, very wine savvy. And I had a server bullshit something and he got caught in it. And oh, yeah. the, the, the guest called me up to the table and said, you know, your server just told me that this was this. And it clearly was this instead. And I was just so embarrassed. And I was so apologetic. Of course, I took the wine. I mean, the wine was super expensive. It was like a great wine. He should have been very happy to have been served it by accident or whatever, you know. But I just took it off his check because I didn't want the guest to think that we didn't know what we were talking about, you know. No. You know, so, sometimes I think people are so concerned about making sure they know what they're talking about. But when you don't know what you're talking about and somebody asks you a question, maybe it's a new item on the menu they just haven't gotten down yet, it's always better to admit that you don't know but that you want to find yeah. out the right answer and go get the right answer. And that always ends better because if they catch you in a lie, it's going to look really bad. Yeah. And there's really nothing wrong with just admitting, you know what, I don't know. The, like somebody asked me when the farm I was working at was opened, uh, like what year the actual farm was opened, and I didn't know. And I went, I, they saw me run across the farm to go talk to the owner, and I ran back, but they could see me that I actually cared to get them the right answer. And that did a lot more than just getting them an approximation or spitting out something that's yeah. wrong, you know? So, well, yeah, totally. I spent so much time training my staff. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, we have a 90-minute uh, training every Tuesday before service, and then every day before service there's a half hour. So um, they, if, if there's something I think they need to learn, they will learn it. Mm-hmm. And so when something like that happens, it's so embarrassing to me. I, I, feel, I take responsibility, like, okay, this person did not learn, and I have to get to figure out how to get this person better trained, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Oliver, we're going to wrap it up. We wrap up every episode by calling someone out. Who's one restaurant professional, somebody you've worked with, somebody you admire in the industry that you think would make a great guest mentor on the show? <laughs> Rick Bayless. Oh, <laughs> right. I haven't yeah. gotten him yet, but yeah. if you can make that happen, I'll do everything. Oh, yeah. Get good luck. I, could, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would you know, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I'm Rick Bayless and Deanne Bayless are actually amazing people. They care so much about... Uh, the integrity of what they're doing and that they, you know, their goal really is to uh, promote Mexican culture in the United States. And that's what they've been doing very, very successfully, you know? And so there's a certain like authenticity about their, their mission that I really believe has led to their own personal success. Uh, I have been with them for so long that I don't even know if I know any other way to do things. (laughs) And I'm scared of going to a new job and not having that as the touchstone of what I do and to trying to figure out, I mean, let's just be honest, like I'm in this now uh, because I need to start taking care of myself and having personal, I don't say personal wealth, but I need to like, you know, I am an adult now and I need to like start uh, taking care of my own finances and and having a life, you know, and I've served them so much and very, very happily I've served them so much, but I need to now start building something for myself. And you know what? You're good. You're good at it. And you're, you're leveraging the skills you develop with what you're passionate about. And you can use those skills on the dining room floor. And it sounds like you are with your inflections, with your, um, court, like, like you said, the orchestrating everything to teaching your people how to use body language to communicate and all those little things. I mean, are such unique and you added so much value to this interview, Oliver, because of that. So Aww. it was awesome. It really was. Yeah. And, uh, it, what would be rude be, to answer your question though? Cause I realized I didn't answer it. What would be funny is if you, I'm not going to say his name, unfortunately, but if you were able to interview the, um, consultant when I was learning fine dining technique, the consultant that I had, uh, that was hired by my restaurant to kind of up our game, 
Uh, he came in. He was the dining manager of a very famous uh, fine dining restaurant in Chicago. He came into our restaurant to kind of like watch us and to develop us and correct us. And he was such an asshole. And he would literally, <laughs> he would literally stand there like ten feet away from what I was doing. And then the moment I came back to the service station, like rip me new asshole about something that I did wrong. And so I felt so intimidated all the time about what I was doing. I was scared. I felt sick in my stomach every day I came to work. <laughs> but oh, man, man, did I learn? Holy, yeah. did I learn? That's the old-fashioned way, everybody. I I guess so. Well, Rick, you're listening. I'd be honored if you guys would come on the show. Uh, I know you're busy, but <laughs> it would be I'll, pretty I'll rad. I'll touch this personal assistant's assistant. All right. Sounds good. All right. Let's give the folks at home um, an opportunity to connect with you. If they want to ask you more, to pick your, your brand about more of the resources or the ideas we talked about, or maybe they want to come work for you out in Chicago, uh. what's the best way to connect, Oliver? Well, that's a good question because I'm not sure about my new mail address yet. I'm sure I have one. Uh, but, you know, you can look for me at vox3.org, V-O-X-3.org. I think there's an easy way to get in touch with me without giving my personal email address yeah. over there. Give uh, us your Twitter I- handle. Oh, hey, there you go. You're so smart. See, technology. <laughs> it's all about technology. Uh, it's at uh, the Opera Company. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll have all those links in the show notes. Just go to Restaurant Unstoppable slash Oliver and see if I can say your name right again. Camacho. Camacho at Topolobampo. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's a tongue twister. All right. It will all you're, be right. You're Cacciatore. You're the hunter. You I know, be... right? Oh, good. Man, you do have those languages down. Wow. All right. That's, <laughs> that's all we have today. Thank you so much, Oliver. Man, there's no questioning. You are unstoppable. Was my bomb explosive enough for you? Uh, you blew me away, man. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> you left me in pieces. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Oliver. (laughs) You're welcome. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Oliver Camacho, so awesome, dude. Tons of energy. I don't care what you think about yourself, man. You're a fun guy. (laughs) We learned so much from you today. Just a few examples of the things that just really stuck out to me is the power of body language in the restaurant. To use it to just communicate to your guests, to communicate to one another, can be so powerful. And I love how you put emphasis on that. And I love how your background and theater really just you know you really leverage that strength of yours and we can learn a lot from it and the time we spent just talking about rapport and developing that trust and how important it is and how being a servant leader can just do that for you and if you get behind your employees if you get behind your team they get behind you and uh, just so many little nuggets of knowledge uh as oliver would say he blew kisses of knowledge to us today and we really do appreciate that oliver um so if you guys enjoyed this episode and you want more episodes just like it shoot me an email eric at restaurantunstoppable.com that's eric with a c give me your thoughts make your suggestions on who you think i should get on the show i will do everything humanly possible to reach out to those folks to add them to our melting pot of mentors just for you and don't forget to head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com unstoppable.com slash books and tools to check out a complete list of all the past books our guest mentors recommend the books they've read to get the mindset you need to be successful in this industry and the tools they're leveraging in their restaurants today that's all i have for you thank you so much for listening until next time peace out